0: Good morning and greetings in Jesus' precious name. Welcome to this morning's conversation on the Leadership Talk. We are extremely delighted to bring this podcast to you in every season. We don't do this very often, but whenever we do this, we are excited to bring God's heart for you. So many of you who are listening to this podcast may actually want to tune off because you think this is not for you. This is talking about leaders This is talking about influencers and i don't really have a big following and i'm not necessarily a positional leader a positional leader may be the ones that have a title or a name or an occupation that goes with their uh, job description like a pastor in a church or a manager in the workplace you may not necessarily be a positional leader but you are a leader if you are able to influence anybody one or two or more people in any direction and in fact jesus when he appointed the disciples when he called them out he gave them the authority to influence others he said till now you've been catching fishes but now i'm going to teach you how to fish for men how to influence men how to lead and redirect men in a way that I want them to go and walk and live. and I pray and I hope that this season, you and I will be gripped with this firm responsibility and the reality of the calling of leadership that is upon our shoulders. Sometimes we take it lightly because we don't see the results of our leadership. Truth be told, until we get to eternity, until we get to the other side of time, we will never be able to see the full extent, the full result of what we do here on the earth. You know, the words you speak has an influence on the people around you. The way that you spend your time has an influence on the people around you. The way that you pray, the way that you worship, the way that you do things, it has a way of influencing the people around you. And it is very necessary for you to become intentional, become purposeful about your lifestyle, about your leadership. And that is what will set you up to be the kind of leader that is going to represent Jesus, that is going to serve like Jesus, that's going to love people like Jesus, and that's going to lead people like Jesus. This morning, I want to bring to you a couple of scriptures. And then I'd like us to engage in this thought of process and just ponder upon a couple of things based on this particular scripture. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, The boy, Samuel, served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room before the lamp of God had gone out. Samuel was lying down in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of the Lord was located. And we know the rest of the story where God came to Samuel and he began to call out Samuel. The first time that he heard his name, he ran to Eli and he said, Did you just call me? The second time the Lord came again to him and called him Samuel. And uh, he was confused and he ran back to Eli thinking it is Eli who is calling him. The third time that this happened, Eli said, hey, the next time the Lord, you hear that voice, why don't you respond? Because it's not me who is calling you. It is the Lord who is trying to speak to you. Why don't you respond to that voice? See, The distinction that I want to bring over here is this. Eli was a positional leader. Eli was the leader that was appointed by God, was uh, put in place by the Lord to lead God's people in this particular season. Eli was the man who was a priest. Eli was the guy who had to hear from God. Eli was the guy who was supposed to have a vision, have a direction, have prophetic insight on the times and the seasons of his people. And yet, the Bible says, Eli, his eyesight was failing. In the natural sense, his eyesight were failing. In the natural world, his eyesight were failing. And it is so necessary for you to understand this, that whatever we experience in the natural world is sometimes or most times, a reflection of what is happening in the spiritual realm. And it says that the word from the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. And that was the season when Eli was also physically blind. Now, we see a previous generation of leaders that was experienced. They had a positional occupation as the priest, as the prophet, as the leader of the city, the church, the nation and yet they were deteriorating because they did not have their eyesight in the right place. They did not have a vision, they did not have direction and because their vision was perishing, the Bible says the word from the Lord was very rare, there were no prophetic visions Uh, There was absolutely nothing that they were able to receive from God. So everything after that point had to be man-made. It had to be because we've been doing this for so long. This is what we read about in books. This is what the law says. And this is the practice of our fathers and the practice of our elders and the practice of our churches. This is how we've been doing it so long. And this is what we will continue to do it after this. And that is the great danger that you and I face as leaders today. When we reach a place when we do not have that prophetic vision for what is going on in our life. When we reach a place when even in the natural, even in the physical, we are blinded to the world that is around us. For example, here was Jonah who was sleeping in the boat. The boat was about to sink. And Jonah was so oblivious to what was happening in the world around him that he was blinded to it. He was numb to the pain that everybody else on that ship felt. He was in fact sleeping. And I think this is highly representative of many Christian workers and Christian leaders and us believers in the church who who don't necessarily have a positional Uh, leadership in the church, we also often we are so blinded, and we are so numb, and we are not necessarily in touch with what is going on around us. And I pray that this morning, we will repent from our old ways of doing things. I'm not saying that you need to now start fighting all traditions and going against everything that your fathers and forefathers have done. That's not what I'm talking about, I'm asking you, how often do you rely on the Lord for a prophetic vision for that particular day, for that particular service, for that particular project that you're doing? You know, we are experts in seeking God's heart when it comes to spiritual things. How about some things that are not necessarily spiritual? It could just be about your grocery shopping. It could just be about how you're going to spend your time for the course of this day. Are you relying on the Lord or are you just stuck in a system? If you're stuck in a system, let me tell you, my dear friend, that it may be because you don't really have a vision for what you want to achieve through your life. You may not necessarily have a vision for where you want to go. You may not necessarily be in touch with heaven's realities that are being spoken over your life. See, there are two types of visions that are necessary. Eli, his physical eyesight was failing. And his spiritual eyesight was also failing. So it is necessary for you to have your physical vision in place. Now, when I say physical vision, I'm not talking about, you know, your eyesight of your physical eyes I'm talking about do you know what you want to do with your life now I'm not talking about your ambitions I'm talking about your vision for life if you are called to be a leader it is necessary that you define what is your life truly really all about it's necessary that you write it down it's necessary that you remind yourself about it it's necessary that you constantly confess your vision for your life you know Paul often would say this he would say for me I just live for one purpose that is to preach the gospel I have no other goal in life for me to live is Christ and to die is gain for me to live is to preach Christ and to talk about this Jesus and if I have to die it is even more better because I get to be with Christ Paul had his vision statement etched all over his letters and all over his writings and all over his speaking engagements. Every time you talk to Paul, you would hear him talk about his vision for life. It is necessary for you and I to sit back and form a vision for what we are called to do, where we are called to influence people, where we are called to influence uh, decisions where we are called to influence directions it's necessary for us to write down our vision now some of us may have done this early on in life and right now you probably need to update or upgrade your vision see the vision that you received in 1987 may still be the vision for your life but it's necessary that you update it to your current life scenarios that you upgrade the capacity of that vision to what you are called to do in this particular season. It's necessary that you keep your vision relevant. And that is why as a leader, every season of life, it may be every week or every month or every year, you know, I would prefer doing it every month, every week and every year all at the same time that as leaders you and i we sit back we take a break and we pray and we ask the lord to help us refine our vision now i'm not talking about your spiritual vision i'm talking about your vision for your life when we talk about the next aspect of it which is the spiritual vision where we sit back and receive from the lord when we ask his direction when we expect Him to give us a word or a vision that will redirect our course for the next phase of our life. It is necessary for us to do that also. See, the problem with many of us is that we only have a vision for our life and we are not necessarily sensitive to God's visions for our life. The problem with the other extreme is that sometimes we are just waiting on the Lord saying, God, you show me what to do. And you're not necessarily building your vision also. It's necessary that the both of it goes hand in hand. See, Paul knew for a fact that he is called to preach to the Gentiles. Paul knew for a fact that that is the vision for his life. He had written it down. He had spoken about it over and over again. And yet, you would see that every time he would go to the Lord and he would begin to pray, the Lord would direct him to go to Jerusalem. You know, in fact, there were so many prophets who came and told him, you know what, don't go to Jerusalem. You're going to get tortured there. You're going to get persecuted there. Uh, This vision looked like it is in direct uh, contradiction to his personal vision. But that was a prophetic vision that he was receiving from the Lord for that particular season of his life. And it ultimately helped him accomplish his personal vision because it's when he went to jerusalem and he addressed the issues that were happening in jerusalem that he got arrested and he got transported all the way to rome where he had to give his witness before caesar and before the gentile king and the kingdom of that time now at the start when you When you sit in the presence of God and you're asking the Lord to give you direction for that particular season, the Lord may tell you to do something which may be completely opposite to what you believe is your vision for your whole life. Sometimes, for example, let me give you this understanding, okay? Abraham knew that he is called to be a father and yet when he sought the Lord for that particular season of his life, the Lord told him, you need to Pick up your son, take your son, go and sacrifice your son. Now that vision looks like it is in direct violation of of the of my personal vision, my personal journey, my personal, you know, dream and ambition. You know, and all of that may sometimes be confusing. And it is necessary for us to understand that God is a master architect and He is weaving your life in multiple dimensions, multiple levels, if you will just trust Him, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't see the whole purpose or the, the whole picture right now, if you will just learn to trust Him and walk with Him, you will see that at the end of the day, when God helps you accomplish His vision for your life, He would have also actually done much much more than what you could ask or think or imagine about your own life it is not possible that if you live by god's standards that if you live by god's directions that you will fail in your life that you will not be able to accomplish what you were supposed to accomplish it is it is a hundred percent guarantee that when you walk with god when you walk in close fellowship and union with the Lord, that every area of your life shall be in place. That includes your personal vision for your walk with God, your marriage, your ministry, everything that you have dreamed of doing, you are going to exceed your wildest imaginations. So let me just repeat what I have taught you so far. The first thing that I shared that I began with is that there are positional leaders and there are influential leaders. Now, not all of us are positional leaders, but we all have influence and it's necessary for us to be wise about how we are influencing others. The second thing, because we need to be wise and intentional about how we influence others, it's necessary for us to have a vision for our life, our purpose, a direction for our own life. And It's necessary that you sit back and write them down and you take notes and you renew and upgrade and update your vision from season to season. The next point is that it's necessary that you go back into the presence of God and you receive a vision which is of a higher dimension, a prophetic vision for that particular season of your life. Sometimes this prophetic vision that God is giving you in this season may look like it is in direct contradiction or violation about your dreams. But let me tell you, at the end of the day, you will see that God's ways are better, that God's thoughts for your life is much, much better than what you had thought and planned and prepared to do with your own life. Because that's what the Bible says. God says to Jeremiah, says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, my plans are not your plans. In fact, my plans and thoughts for your life are so much more better it is a plan to give you a good and a blessed future and it is a plan that is higher in every dimension it is higher and better than what you think you are going to be able to accomplish with your own life now let me contrast this person of eli with the person of samuel the bible says eli his eyesight was failing and he was lying in his room he was in his comfort zone he was in that place where he knew what he is gonna do with his life and he's just doing that again and again and again without any prophetic vision and direction from god and on the other hand is this young man or young boy called samuel the bible says before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Now, this is what will set us apart, will, will be the defining factor about the next generation of leaders. The first generation of leaders, they first did not have a vision, second, they were comfortable And they were in their comfort zones, you know, in their own room. You know, your room shows your own privacy. It represents your rights, your space, your personal space and and those kind of things. And here is this boy called Samuel. He has no privacy because he has no room for himself. He has no rights. Anybody and everybody is allowed into where he is living. And, and, and he is living in a public space. He doesn't have anything that he can hide. You know, when you have the privacy of your room, you can hide what you're doing there. You can hide who is coming into your room. You can hide how much time you're praying and how much time you're not praying. And here, on the other hand, is a boy called Samuel. And he has no privacy, no room, nothing that he can hide. Whatever he does, it is in full public view and he is living in the tabernacle close to the place where the ark of the covenant is located now now this is the lifestyle that the lord is inviting you and me to live first we have to be visionary leaders the second we have to be vulnerable leaders see in the comfort of your own room you're not necessarily vulnerable because there are walls that protect you there are doors and windows that protect you but when you are living out there in the open now i'm not talking necessarily in the physical sense that you need to get out of your house and go live in a church or go stay on the streets i'm talking about your your comfort zone your rights what is the one area in your life where you are not being vulnerable where your life is not an open book where there is a different standard of life behind the door and when the door is open and when you come out of the door. When you are alone, you're something else and when you're with people, you're something else. When you are praying in front of the church, you're something else and when you're back home into your room, there is absolutely no dependence on the Lord at all. Can we be leaders that are going to be open about our struggles and failures and challenges? Can we be leaders that are going to stay right there, just pitch our home, make our bed in the presence of God, where we come to a place where we say, nothing except the presence of God can make me comfortable. I will not be comfortable with my salary. I will not be comfortable with my ministry. I will not be comfortable with the number of followers I have on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I will not be comfortable with the number of people that listen to me every weekend. I will not be comfortable just with how many zeros are there after my salary. I will not be comfortable with the beautiful family that God has given me. The only thing that can possibly make me comfortable is the presence of God. And when the presence of God shows up, I will make that place my home. Whether that be at my work, or whether that be in my church, or whether that be in my home, wherever it is. If I can locate the presence of my Jesus, if I can locate the presence of God that is at work in my life, and in my circumstances, and in my surroundings, and I can make that place my home. And if I can live there, vulnerable, allow people to see me, allow people to criticize me sometimes, allow people to point fingers at me, make fun of me and let them know that I don't have a life of my own, that I don't belong to myself. In fact, I belong to the presence of God. If I have an identity, if I have a home, if I have a job, if I have... Anything to do about with my life, then it has to do with the presence of God. I pray and I hope that you're getting some revelations out of this conversation. I'm just sharing what God has been teaching me in this season. I'm not sharing this because I have become perfect at doing this. I'm not sharing this because I am, uh, you know, more righteous than you are or, or more anointed than you are. I am sharing this because this is the burden of my heart. This is the kind of leader that I want to be. There was a guy called Eli who had no vision and he wasn't vulnerable. There was a Samuel who was a visionary guy. He started hearing from God. And second, he was living a vulnerable lifestyle. He was living out there in the open, in the presence of God. And I pray and I hope that you would not run to anything but the presence of God to cover you this season. Every other covering is temporary. You know, the kind of covering that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden was not the covering of physical objects or physical clothes. The covering that they had was the covering of the presence of God. And when they lost that covering, shame entered in. When they lost that covering, guilt entered in when they lost that covering they started accusing each other when they lost that covering they started going away from the presence of god they lost the right to live in that particular garden i pray that our life we will live it in such a measure that we will declare that i will not love anything but the presence of god to cover me if i have failed I'm going to be open and vulnerable about it. And if the presence of God chooses to forgive me and to and to take me to the next level, then I'm just going to lay myself down at the mercy of God's presence. I'm not going to be at the mercy of people. I'm not going to be at the mercy of my salary. I'm not going to be at the mercy of what I feel and what I want. Because there is no more rights. I don't own a room of myself. I don't own a house for myself. The presence of God is my house. When he tells me to quit this job and take up the next one, I will do it. When he tells me to just quit this job and sit at home, I will do it. Because the presence of God is my home. The presence of God is all that I need. Will you please pray with me for the next couple of minutes? I know that as you listen to this, the presence of God is ministering to you too. Not everybody perhaps, but there are a few out there that the Holy Spirit is going to tug on your hearts right now as this word comes to you. Because I know that the same Spirit of God is tugging on my heart, is realigning and doing things in my spirit as I am speaking right now. And I believe that you will experience the same, that as you pray and as you receive this word, that there will be a fresh alignment with the visions of God. There will be a fresh alignment with prophetic visions from the Lord. Not only will we be people that have dreams for our own lives, but there will be ones that will surrender ourselves, submit ourselves to the dreams and the visions that God has for us. Right now, receive this wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are going through. Receive this vision in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive this grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Be disconnected from what the enemy is showing you right now. Be disconnected from what the enemy is threatening to do in your life right now. Be disconnected from what people want you to do in your life. Be disconnected from all the peer pressure. Be disconnected from all the pressure your family is putting upon you and right now be connected to the heart and the mind of God and I pray father that there will be a high level of vulnerability that will come upon every son and daughter in this season that they will be vulnerable to their spiritual parents they will be vulnerable to the people that they are leading they will be vulnerable in every season of life, that we will not be people that will hold fast to our rights and to our privacy and to what we want to do with our own life. We will not be double-minded. There will be no double standards among us. We will not have two different ways and lifestyles. Lord, whatever we are in private is who we will be in public. And who we are in public is what we will continue into our private lives we pray that you will give us a oneness of heart that your presence will become our home in this season daddy we love you above it all because you're the one that teaches us to serve love and lead like jesus we give you praise in jesus name we pray amen wow that was that was uh totally unexpected I had not prepared to speak for so long. I I truly believe that it was the Lord that was ministering to you as he was ministering to me too. And uh, if you are blessed and if you would like to help us take this podcast to more number of people, if you would like to help us take the voice and the word of God from our church into the nations of the earth, feel free to make a commitment to partner with our ministry. You can do that on our website, pastorpridgi.com. It may not necessarily be a huge amount that you would like to partner on a monthly basis, but whatever the Lord leads you to do, if you could make a decision today to just partner with our ministry, we would be very grateful and we'd love to keep you updated of what God is doing in this city, in Bangalore, in India, and into the nations of the earth, wherever He sends us. Also, if you need prayers, feel free to reach out to us. I am available, my entire team is here to serve you and to help you and to take you to your God destiny. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Until next time, stay under the mighty hand of God.